0: This is Better Than Yesterday. Thanks so much for being here. It's Friday. It's the 25th of March. And this is a show called Better Than Yesterday, which hopes to make your day today better than yesterday. Something you hear on this show and every show is guaranteed to do just that. We've been here since 2013. We have conversations with people. I have conversations with you. It's how the show works. Mondays and Wednesdays, I'm here with a guest. Fridays, it's just me. So today, it's just me. I am a... uh, I'm Osher. I'm... um, about to turn 48 on Tuesday. It's my birthday. I'm about to turn 48. Uh, I'm a dad, I'm a stepdad. I'm a recent total hip replacement recipient on the right-hand side, well, a year and a half ago, more about that in a moment. I'm a, a, a reasoning with a toddler around sleeping in his big bed and it's doing, it's working, it's working okay kind of guy. And yeah, been here since 2013 and I'd love to have a chat with you. Send us your email at gmail.com is where you can find me. More importantly, I'd love to see you. I'd love to see you in person. We're doing live shows, live versions of the podcast where we're going to have a conversation with someone. I'll bring them out on stage. We'll have a chat. We, you and me, there's opportunities to ask questions. Uh, we'll have a chat with someone. We're going to make a show together and then... Uh, I guess later on you go home and you listen to it and you go, ah that's my laugh. Or that's me going, oh, that's a stupid dad joke I made or whatever. But it'd be great to be in the same room as you because if you listen to a podcast and you go, you know what? I feel better. I feel like I've had a conversation. Parts of my brain have switched on because they've listened to people interacting and listening to each other and uh, ideas pushing around in my head. If you get a good feeling out of listening to a podcast, I know I do. Imagine what it's like in the room. So come along. Two shows in Melbourne. We're doing two shows in Brisbane. Rumors of a Sydney show, but uh, that's not yet firmed up. But yeah, 3rd of April in Melbourne, a chapel off chapel, uh, 22nd of April in Brisbane at the Powerhouse. Tickets are out right now, osherginsburg.com. Thanks heaps for getting on onto that. Those of you who already have and uh, those of you who haven't, uh, don't wait because um, we're getting there quick. So I spoke about the hip replacement. Yeah, I'm old. Short version osteoarthritis, uh, FAI in both hips. You can look that up if you like. Need them both done. Got the right one done because I heard more. Got it done. December 2020. Still bad. <laughs> As you know, I've spoken about it. Been dealing with chronic pain, persistent pain. And um, it's been quite debilitating, actually. And I've been at my wit's end. And, I, and, and you know me, I'm similarly with my mental health, I got to a point where I was just like, that's fucking it. Uh, and it was actually, it was with Audrey. I spoke about it a few weeks ago when, when uh, we, I talked about going to yoga. And Audrey just looked at me out coming out of a massage, which was hopefully going to try and relieve some of the pain. And I came out of there and my diaphragm was spasming and my hands were shaking. And she just said, you got to, yeah, you got to sort this out. And um, I was grateful that she did because it kind of set me on a different trajectory. I, I was kind of, st- I was stuck in this holding pattern. So anyway, I've been on, I've been on a mission And uh, part of that mission involved calling my GP. And I called my GP and I I, I told her and I said, I, you know, I'm still struggling with um, complications from this hip surgery. And I'd like to explore what things might look like if we started managing this away from the surgeon. I mean, the surgeon's a great bloke. I saw him just last week. He's a great guy. And uh, brilliantly, like a decent amazing human being. He is on board with the the plan we're taking. But I said, I think I'd like to manage it away from the guy that did the surgery. I'd like to have a a, a new team. If we could, can we figure out something? And actually she suggested it. And so she sent me off to, she said, I want you to go see this guy. He's really good with that. And I want you to, you know, look up that person there. So she gave me some referrals and off we went. And What's really interesting, because I've been in this kind of holding pattern, going back and forth with the uh, the original guy. Who, my, let me tell you, the job he did, it's perfect. the The prosthesis is impeccable. It's like a textbook. Like when you look at the X ray, when you look at the scans of how the you know titanium sits in my bones, it's amazing. He it couldn't have put me back together any better. It's he's a brilliant, brilliant surgeon. But just something happened. You know, it's a roll of the dice. You know, people who drove to work today and got in a car accident didn't expect to have a car accident, but it happened. You know, just something happened. It happens. That's okay. But not kind of having a pathway out of it or, or, or knowing when it would ever feel better, because I'm a very much a person who, who just kind of leaned into things as hard as possible to try and make it better. And I was doing everything, all the rehab, everything. And I was just still not getting any better. In fact, it was getting worse. And so I went to go see this, this new doctor who was incredibly empathetic and, and goddamn so handsome. I can barely look at him. Silver fox, let me tell you. And he explained to me just something really brilliant. It's something actually, that just showed up in, in a conversation with my brothers the other day because I was just kind of lost. And I'm explaining to him, look, my, the pain isn't the biggest problem. The, 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 the biggest problem is that I'm being really emotionally affected by this. People see a look on my face when they're talking to me, and they think that look on my face is because of them or something they've just said. It's not. It's the agony I'm feeling in my body. But it's not their fault. They read it that it's from them. They read it like I'm reacting to them. And that's fair enough. They don't know. And I said, that's really fucking my life up, you know, at home, at work, everywhere. And he said, man, I totally get it. And he told me, he said, what you need is you need a diagnosis. Once you've got a diagnosis, you can go, ah. It's that thing. Then you can find a plan and then you can pursue treatment. And bear in mind, treatment may be acceptance. Treatment might be, this is it. And that's awesome. And he's been brilliant. And he sent me off to, you know, a few other people here and there. And it's extraordinary. I mean, it still hurts. Don't get me wrong. But having a pathway, uh, it just makes me, uh, like anything, all you need is a plan and people just get calm, you know? It's when people don't know what the fuck's going on, that's when panic sets in. Like with the fucking government at the moment and the, uh, well, many governments in the world, not just ours, and not taking meaningful climate action as a matter of absolute urgency. It's literally like being on holidays with your parents and, and, and watching them, you know, play patty cake, patty cake in the front seat and no one's got the wheel while they floor it, you're in the backseat terrified because it's like fucking someone's drive, for fuck's sake. We know, Jesus, we know where we're going to go. Just fucking do something. So it's it's the lack of plan or meaningful plan that makes us all uneasy. So part of this, part of the pathway forward is uh, a lot of education, Uh, Like with any illness, you know, or any condition, learning about it makes it a whole lot better. In my opinion, it's half the problem because you can just go, "Oh, that's what's going on. Oh, it's that thing," right? So I've been learning a lot about pain, particularly persistent pain or chronic pain. And what's really interesting, which I didn't know, and I've I've been learning these last two weeks, is that some of the pain I'm experiencing, if not all of the pain I'm experiencing, isn't actually caused by Tissue damage or scarring, or, you know, some internal scarring, tickling a nerve in the wrong way, or a nerve pinching. What I'm learning is that it might be just a little bit of that, but it's got more to do with the accelerated, amplified, catastrophized version of response to that pain that has become a pattern that my brain responds with when it shows up. Now, I'm very well aware of this because I mean, well, look, I can't talk about it in too much detail because I haven't met with the actual pain psychologist person yet. I, they said, Oh yeah, it's an eight week waiting list. It's like fucking what? Okay. But this hurts now. Uh, do you have anything that I could read or watch or look at or listen to? And they very kindly sent me some resources. So I've kind of been learning that it's, it's not too dissimilar what I went through trying to navigate my way out of the, the psychosis. So I, I don't know too much about it. Well, but it was a little like, yeah, when I was trying to f- fight my way out of the cascades of fear that accelerated and amplified and got enormous to the point that it, it 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 led me into the moments of psychosis that were terrifying and horrible and awful. I was having an irrational response to a trigger. Like when it was the worst, no shit, like leaves rustling on a tree outside of my window For me, were instantly in that second, the first breaths of a category five cyclone that was going to flatten the city I lived in because the climate apocalypse is here and I was the only one that knew. And I reacted as if a a cyclone, you know, 300 kilometer air winds is going to come and fuck everything up and I was the only one that knew. That's how I reacted. That's how my body felt. It was terrifying. Couldn't walk out in the sun couldn't look at the ocean for years. I couldn't look at the ocean. I'm, you know, I've got these surfboards, I'm looking at them right now. I couldn't, my my hip started to hurt too much, so I couldn't (laughs) surf on them anymore. Yeah, I couldn't look at the ocean. However, with great meds, with great doctors and doctors who are willing to question their initial hypotheses and things like this, and between two doctors... And you know, changing meds when we needed to, and working on right dosages, and and me being willing willing to be with the physical and the emotional pain of the exposure therapy, which is fucking bad. It hurts. Exposure therapy sucks. But being willing to do that work has got me to an incredible place right now. I mean, I just described to you what it was like to sit in my house and watch the wind just rustle through the tree outside, and have a terrified like the world is gonna end and I'm the only one that knows a reaction and like like bowel opening. not a no joke, like terrible, handshaking horror. Two days ago I read an article that all-time temperature records have been broken in Antarctica this week, to the point where they've experienced rain in Antarctica. Fucking rain. There was one place, I think it's the it's it one of the Russian stations down there, it's at an altitude, huge altitude. This thing is like, it's like a three or 4,000 meters. It's massive, right? It normally, as a weather station, records temperatures uh, in the minus 60s, all right? It was minus 11. Now, that's a fucking heat wave as far as Antarctica is concerned. But rain in Antarctica? Christ on a cracker. That's not good. That's the worst, all right? And it's right to be terrified of that shit, but I read that, and in fact, I'm speaking it to you right now, my heart rate is still, my hands are not shaking, I am concerned, but I'm not terrified, I'm not lost in panic, I'm not falling down a pit of doom, because I do my exposure therapy all the time, and I maintain this level of resilience around that sort of thing. Now, I tell you this because I know that I can do it, right? So if the pain thing is similar, if the pain thing is this completely irrational, amplified, exaggerated, terrifying response to a um, physical sensation, if I can leave the physical and the mechanical part, you know, there's, there's people who are now involved to make sure that my, my joints are working right. And because I've, I've been walking, essentially it's been going in this tighter and tighter spiral of, of avoiding the pain by changing the way I'm walking and muscles aren't firing properly and there's all kinds of stuff happening. So that's... It's a real puzzle to try and figure out. But there's a uh, a new physio who's working on that, and uh, she's very, very clever, and the the new doctor who's amazing. And and my surgeon, to be honest, is super fucking cool with this, and I couldn't be more grateful of him as a human to have one of his patients go, actually, mate, I need to ask somebody else about this, and him going, cool, I'll be here if you need me. How can I help? That's amazing. Not all surgeons have that amount of humility, and I'm grateful that, that mine does. So I can leave that part to them because I know that I have rewired bits of my brain that I never, ever, ever, ever thought could be any different, ever. I couldn't conceive of a time where I would not react with the ferocity that I had. I couldn't imagine that would ever exist. Now, I know that I will hopefully have great guidance around the techniques that I will need to learn once I get to the specialist pain psychologist, or which there is such a thing I did not know. Yeah, specialist pain psychologists, they exist. Can't wait to find them. And I've done it before, and I know I could do it again. And and I'm willing to, because like I said, I'm, I'm getting cranky like all the time. And my face is saying things that's responding to a feeling in my body, but other people looking at me, my family, you know, my mates, people in the shops, They look at my face and go, what the fuck? I just said, how are you? You know, that's not good. It affects my entire day, my life. Now, I just wanted to let you know that because I know that if I'm willing to be with the discomfort and to accept that this is happening, I know that I can rewire my thoughts and rewire my physical responses to this. I'm not saying, if I can do it, you can too. I'm not saying that. But I think it's really important and I wish that I heard someone speaking like this when I was in trouble Just know that you're listening to someone who was once convinced that the only way to make that mental and physical pain around the climate stuff stop, the only way to make that stop, I was convinced the only way to make that stop was to find a permanent solution to solve that problem. All right? Thankfully, I didn't. I had a lot of help. I got very lucky. But I couldn't even conceive that there was another option. I couldn't imagine that there was another option. I was that person, and I am here today talking to you about Antarctica raining and having a 50-degree heat wave. And I know it can happen, again, with the right doctors, the right meds, the right amount of work. Speaking of climate, hilariously, Monday, we are speaking with Dan Adams. Now, Dan is one of the founders of Amber Energy, their energy company like when you when you plug a light in and turn it on. The electrons that you buy, you can buy from many energy retailers in our country, and Amber Energy is one of them. But there are a number of alternative power companies that are popping up in Australia, companies that seek to challenge the incumbent players to make a faster shift to renewables by speaking in a language that they understand. They understand market pressure. If people aren't buying a product at a particular time of day... They'll find a way to sell a product at that particular time of day. All right? And that's basically, it's a very interesting business model. And this is pertinent because, I mean, if you've filled up a car with petrol in the last month or so, yeah, energy is expensive. And voting with your wallet is something you get to do every day, every hour of every day, however often you, you buy stuff, you vote with your wallet. And every time you put gas in the tank, that money is supporting, well, there is about 17 countries that Australia imports petrol from. Some of them are in countries in the Middle East, Russia, perhaps places that have ways of uh, being or treating their own citizens or other countries that you don't agree with. Uh, you probably wouldn't give them money. If you're putting petrol in your car and it comes from one of those countries, uh, where's that money going? Where and how we get our energy is a vote for every dollar that we spend. And and Dan and I are going to dive right into that. Oh my God, wait until you hear how how the the dirty energy generators in our country, how they make the most money and the the numbers. Oh my God, the the numbers of how they make that money and the tactics they use is curl your fucking toes. It's all very important stuff to listen to in an election year. Yeah. Uh, thanks heaps for listening. If you like this show and you want to support it, uh, you can always find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash uh, There's an ad-free version of the show available there. And um, tickets for the live shows you can get at I'd love to see you. Hopefully not with a limp. <laughs> uh, thanks heaps to my audio director, Andy Marr, Bree Steele on production support, and research Toe Hider on the music and, of course, Rachel Barrett, the great, the amazing Rachel Barrett who makes everything happen. Uh, She's the EP of everything. Thank you, Rachel. Yeah, I'll see you Monday. Have a good weekend. Until we speak dance, sleep well and dream of beautiful things.